Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome back to the show. It's Dayton and Isaac. This is a Hoop Ball presentation, the Hoop Ball Grizzlies podcast. We're back. I, not even a hiatus this time. There's just not a lot of news this time of year. So we're kind of enjoying the calm before the storm as we start training camp next week. Grizzlies open practice was announced. And then the first preseason game is about two weeks away. So we're going to talk about some uh, end-of-year award stuff, give our predictions, talk about the Grizzlies and what we think their record is going to look like. We're actually going to lead off with that after Isaac tells us how he's doing. Man, I'm, do- I'm doing fine, man. Uh, you kind of talked about it being quiet uh, around this time on the last podcast. Uh, we kind of talked about Grizzlies got all their business done early. Uh, and there still could be some some stuff coming up, but uh, I think a lot, lot busier offseason than we thought, man. It started off with a bang, man, all kind of – transactions around the margins, man. Grizzlies doing all kind of stuff. Uh, but, man, it, it, it's crazy how fast this is approaching. Again, man, you got media day next week, training camp starting next week, preseason games less than two weeks away. Grizzlies taking on the world champion Bucks in their opener. I think the game's going to be on TNT. So, man, it's coming up fast, and I'm excited and ready to go. Man, me, me too. That's, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of coverage there coming out of the season, you know, watching the playoffs and then doing the draft stuff. And then we hit this little lull here, and yeah. it just made me so hungry. Like, I'm so ready. God, thank goodness for the WNBA. We got WNBA playoffs yeah, tonight. starting tonight. Um, I'm going to definitely be watching those games. The Liberty, yes. Yeah, uh, late night. Yeah. Happen to, uh, <laughs> happen to to sneak their way in. Back door, man. <laughs> and I, I will take it all day long. They, uh, you know, it may not turn out well for them, but experience is experience. So, it turns out that Isaac and I agree on more than just the, the Grizzlies. We both <laughs> cheer for the Liberty. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to watch. The Liberty have an issue closing games, and this is not a Liberty yeah. podcast, so I won't, I won't get too much into the WNBA stuff. But uh, the WNBA has given me enough basketball to get me back through to the season, and I love it, and it's good high-quality basketball. If you're not watching it, you definitely need to be. But let's get into the Grizzly stuff. Isaac, give me a prediction. What do you think the Vegas over-under is for the Grizzlies' wins this season? Man, we were talking about this before we came on here, man. I, I saw it in passing, um, and I, uh, I want to say, is it 42 maybe? No, 41 and a half. Yeah, 41 and a half. Right yeah. there. Yep. Right I think there, they yeah. Always, you don't see any even numbers. They always throw that half in there. So, yeah. you, you know, they, they don't want to push. They're, you're either going to win it or lose it. So how how do you feel like if you had to put money on it, are you taking the over or under there? You think they're going above, you know, like, so over would put them 500 at worst and under, you know, I mean, obviously under could be any different type of combination. Man, I'm going to go to over. I think um, we talk about them kind of making some moves to possibly take a step back, you know, moving JV, which was, a guy that kind of built him out offensively uh, last year. I mean, times when when other guys weren't making shots, man, you just throw it into the big fella, and he would get a basket for you, and they're not going to have that. I mean, Steven Adams is not a guy that 
that's going to get that you're going to draw any plays for, that you're going to throw it, dump it down to. He's going to score a basket. He's going to get most of his things off of offensive rebounds, putbacks, stuff like that. Uh, but I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have a, a big year. I think that he's going to be the linchpin to determine what this team is this season. If he's the guy that we think he can be, I think this team could even take a step forward. I think with his production and, and being that guy, 18, 19, 20 points a game, something like that, knocking down threes and internal improvement for other guys, because you got to think Ja is going to take another step. Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bang looks like he's poised to take another step. So I think this team, if Jerry Jackson Jr. can be the guy that he was prior to the injury and even take a step further than that, I think this team could be better than they are last year. And I'm going to say 45 wins uh, for, for the Grizzlies. I think they, they go over the 41 and a half. Okay. Yeah, man. I, I'm struggling. I'm not as confident as you, and, and I like all of your points, but you know, I, I was on with Sean Coleman um, of the, the locked on Grizzlies podcast recently, and we were discussing it and, you know, you were mentioning Steven Adams, not being the offensive guy and Sean made a great point. He's like, you know, if your offense is dependent on Steven Adams to do more than set screens, you're pretty yeah, well you're in trouble. trouble. Yeah. Right? <laughs> For and, sure. And so, so we know that he's not going to be the offensive guy that JV was, but you're expecting other guys to step up. You're, you know, uh, Jaron to come in here, like you said, see his points increase. Dylan Brooks, uh, Desmond Bain, all these other guys, just see an increase from them and hoping, we're hoping that that increase is enough to overcome the gap between Adams and JV. And I think that is a realistic goal. I, I don't think that that's something that's impossible. You know, we've seen since, since Jenkins has been here and Ja came into the league, you've watched these guys grow. Anybody that's been with the Grizzlies, you've watched improvement from all of them. You know, DeAnthony Melton, all of these guys. So I, I don't think that's something that's crazy. But I'm I'm not as confident as you, man. I, I think that having that guy that can get the bucket when you're struggling, when the ball is not falling, when the shots are not falling, having that security blanket that was JV – I feel like that's going to be a pretty significant hole. I don't know that I'm convinced enough that I'm going to take the under on that bet, but I don't know that they get to 45 wins. I think they hover around 500. It wouldn't surprise me if they hit the under, but I think if they hit the under, it's just going to, it's going to be barely under. I think they'll, they'll be, I'm guessing, I would say if I had to put a number on it, I would say about 40 would be my guess. They won 38 games last year, and they were over 500. But again, it's it's a different team, so we'll see what happens. That's um, I'm I'm just not going to touch that line because I'm not confident enough <laughs> to take the over, and I'm not confident enough to take the under. I'm hoping that they hit the over, obviously, but uh, there are a lot of things have to go the Grizzlies' way for that to happen. And another thing about about this team and this coaching staff is they have a propensity to to rest guys. It's like there, there are times where you kind of watch and you don't feel like they're they're maximizing, and it kind of goes back to their philosophy of, I mean, we want to keep these guys fresh. We're looking long term, and and that can sometimes can stunt your your win total. So that is that is something right there that you have to take in, in consideration because that's just kind of how this front office and this coaching staff views the situation. They're not gonna push guys when when, when they don't have to. Uh, so there are gonna be times where, I mean, you, obviously guys are gonna miss time for injuries, but there are gonna be other times where they sit guys for rest. I mean, that's just what this team and this front office is about. That's how they handle things. So that that's kind of something to watch too, going down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts whenever it comes to an over under on wind totals. And there's guys that that spend time studying that 
and that do very well, you know, picking these over and unders. But that's not uh, it's not something that I specialize in, and I don't plan on ever specializing in it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, don't, don't take any betting advice from me whenever it comes to that, for sure. So let's get into the uh, the meat and potatoes of the podcast now. Isaac and I made a little friendly wager before coming on air here. We, we that Cowboy Nation, you know. Yeah, Isaac <laughs> is, a, is a Cowboys fan, grew up a Cowboys fan, loves the Cowboys. I'm a Buccaneers fan. I grew up a Buccaneers fan. Like, ever since I started watching football, that was my team. And so yeah, our wager not, is Not this. a Tom Brady, not a Tom Brady Buccaneers fan. No, I, real I am not a fan. Look, if you if you want to see my Buccaneers fandom, you can go back on my Facebook, and I have stuff from ten plus years ago of me wearing Buccaneers gear or whatever. So like, this is not a bandwagon thing for me. I was actually unhappy when Brady came to Tampa because yeah, they they may get a couple championships out of it. That's fantastic but it's probably going to be 15 years of awful when he leaves. So we'll see what happens there. The friendly wager is this. We're going to give predictions on who we think is going, like who's going to win MVP, most improved player, rookie of the year, and defensive player of the year. Whoever gets the most right wins the bet, and the loser has to wear the other team's gear to a Grizzlies game next year. (laughs) We'll take pictures to prove it. So if I get more right than Isaac, then Isaac is wearing Bucks gear to a Grizzlies game. If Isaac beats me in this, then I have to wear Cowboys gear to a game. And I'm just going to be honest. If I have to wear Cowboys gear to a game, I'm wearing Dak Prescott because I like Dak. So, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. I have uh, – you know, I think they're a love-hate team. You either love them or you hate them. Think a, think a nice Zeke, not on jersey. The Zeke jersey would look good on you. I think Zeke, so. I, man, I, I can rock that. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with that. Dak and Zeke, they're both – I can appreciate talent, man. It's going to be tough, and I got a lot of friends that are going to freaking give me crap forever whenever they see a picture of me wearing cowboy stuff, I lose this bet. So I'm just going to guess all these right so I don't have to wear it. And we'll yeah, we'll see. Go. We'll see. <laughs> So Isaac, uh, your MVP. I'll let you lead off. We we can do one at a time, or we can yeah, let's do one at a time. Okay, all right. So uh, for for your MVP, the twenty one twenty two season, who do you got? Man, I'm I'm going with KD. Man, I think the Nets are going to have a a bounce back year. I think they're going to be pissed off with with kind of how things ended due to injury in the playoffs last year, and I think they're going to go on an absolute tear if that team's healthy. I just I think it'd be great for Milwaukee and, and small market team. You know, we've talked about all of that, but I think if that, that next team is healthy, man, I can't see a team beating them four times. And, and I think KD is just going to have a, a monster year, a bounce back year. I think he's going to be healthy this year, man. I think he, again, is going to lead that team into the finals. And I, I got to go with KD. I think it's going to be another monster year for him. And, and, and I think that's, that's my, that's my MVP. All right, man, nothing wrong with it. He's definitely capable. We've seen him do it before. Um, I'm actually I'm going with a guy that has never won MVP, and, and yeah. it's a little scary with, with the bet. But I like some of the moves that this team made in the offseason. It's a little scary. New coach for them, so there, there's a chance that I'm just like, you know, throwing this out there, just a, an automatic L for me. But I like Jason Tatum for MVP, man. Oh, the the okay. Celtics, that they, they went out, they brought a couple guys back. You know, Al Horford was there. He got moved. Uh, Enos Cantor. And Kimball Walker is no longer there. So, 
Kimball Walker was a high volume guy. There's going to be shots to be spread around in that offense and they're not going to go to the secondary players, right? Like you're going to see some of them, you know, Kimball Walker, I think he was somewhere between 15 to 15 to 18 shots a game. And I would say the bulk of those are going to be split between Tatum and Brown. And I, I think that Jason Tatum is is more than capable of averaging over 30 points a game, right around the eight, nine rebound mark. I, I just I like his play style and he's been improving every year that he's in the league. And I think with the moves that Boston made, and now that we're past, I, I'm not, I say that we're past, we're not completely past it. But you know, last season was crazy, right? Short off season rolling in and, and you know a lot of covid stuff and the covid stuff is going to be there but i don't think it's going to have the same effect that it had on the season last year and that's why tatum missed some games so i i like him that's my mvp yeah i'm not bad at that pick at all man tatum is definitely that my favorite non non-grizz player in the league i mean i think he's tremendous and i could definitely see him averaging 30 plus i mean i i agree with you i think i like the moves they made he made Udoka. I'm a big fan of his, man. Been thinking he needed a long overdue for a head coaching job. And then they go out and add Damon Stoudemire. I mean, they have a tremendous staff. I really like what Boston did. So, man, I'm not upset with that pick at all, man. I could definitely, definitely see him being in the mix there. Yep. I, I don't even know. I think I had the odds up here. I think I took them down. No, here they are. Like, he, he's pretty far down there on the board. But, you know, it, it's – like I don't know that Dallas is going to be good enough. Luca is the front runner right now, but is Dallas going to be good yeah, enough? I, yeah, I don't think and so. Then, you know, you, you've got Joel Embiid and Durant are about the same. Like those two guys are equal, and I don't think Embiid is going to play enough games. I don't. For me, an MVP cannot miss fifteen games in a season. Can't do it. Like if if your team. Sure. Yeah. If you are, if your team is zero and fifteen in the games that you miss, and you win the rest of the games, like you win every game that you play yeah. in, then we can have the conversation. But durability matters for that award, man, and, and that's that's why, um, you know, whenever it comes to fantasy basketball, I don't mess with Joel Embiid for that reason. And I think that you know, when it comes to MVP, that that definitely has to be something that they consider. So we'll move yeah. on from there. Uh, did you have something on that, man? I don't, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, people were, a lot of people were pounding the table for Joe Embiid last year, and I was on the same line. I mean, you can't miss that many games and win MVP. I mean, just can't 15 games. I mean, that's just a lot of games to miss, especially in a, in a, in a shortened season. We weren't even talking about 82 games. Uh, to, to miss that many games, I mean, I, I just don't think – I think you should be disqualified, honestly, and that, that's the reason why Jokic won the award and Embiid didn't win it last year. A lot of people were upset with that, but, I mean, I – I just don't think you missed that many games and win it. And, and Jokic earned it, man. Like you can't oh, shortchange him. You know, he lost his. You know, Jokic is one A, Murray is one B, and, and he lost Murray at a pivotal time in the season. He was still able to to carry yeah, that team. They were still winning games. You know, he, he done an excellent job. So definitely, definitely earned it. So shout out to my former co-host Sam Bruski. He actually predicted Jokic would win the MVP last year whenever we done this show. So I, I went back and I was listening to it just to see. And sometimes these, these things are crazy. I don't think I got a single thing right, man. I, I missed <laughs> everything. So most improved player, man. I'll go first on this one. I like RJ Barrett from the Knicks for a couple of reasons. 
So his numbers were pretty good last year. So for in order for him to get most improved, he's going to have to to blow up. But yeah, he was you know just under eighteen points a game, six rebounds, three assists, and then like one combined defensive stat. But the reason that I say R.J. Barrett is, I see a lot of similarities in the way that Thibodeau is coaching him to how Jimmy Butler when he you know when he came up with Chicago and. Man, the the things that I, I'm looking Barrett's first year in the league, he was 40% from the field. He improved his field goal percentage by 4% on high volume, which is pretty good. His three-point percentage improved 8%. So he went from 32 his first year to 40 his second year. And the reason being is because Thibodeau was designing this offense to get him good looks from three. And when he gets good looks, he's knocking them down. And I just feel like he is poised to, you know, he's a third-year guy. And I I think a lot of times you see guys figure it out. When they hit that third year, you see a a big growth from them. And I realize that he's going to have to really explode in order for me to hit on this pick. But I just, I like his skill set. I like what he's able to do there. That team's going to be competitive. And with him being in a big market, he's going to be in the spotlight. And that seems to, whether it should or not, that seems to have an effect on who wins these awards. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with that, man. I think uh, R.J. Bear is tremendous. I mean, I, he had a, a fantastic year last year. And, again, man, being in New York, I mean, you're always going to kind of have that, that spotlight on him. So if he does make that jump, I think he'll definitely be, be in the running for that award. Uh, but I'm going to go with the hometown guy. I'm going to go with Jaron Jackson Jr. I think you go back to the JV trade we've talked about, making that move because of the contract. He wasn't at the end of the season. They weren't going to resign him and all that. But one major reason why they made that move, I think was to, to find out what they had in, in Jared. And I think they're going to push him to see if he can be that guy that they think he's going to be. And I think he's going to get a lot of, a lot of shots up and, and you just got to look at his numbers. Uh, his rookie season averaged 13.8 points per game. Even in the short sample size last year, he averaged 14.4 and his best season was his second year averaged 17.4. I, I, I think he could easily average 20 points a game. I mean, 17.4, pretty much 40% from three um, in his sophomore season. I, I, I could think he can expound on those numbers. And, again, I think the Grizzlies are going to push him uh, this year to, to see. I mean, we'll see if they go ahead and extend them. The deadline come, hasn't come yet. Um, that's going to be interesting to see. I think they should because I think if you go into next offseason, I mean, things could, could get kind of tough because the numbers going to go up. And you don't want to get messy. I mean, we've talked about that, and we know he's good friends with Jaw, and Jaw's going to be watching, see how that plays out, because his time's going to be coming up as well. Uh, but, but I think this front office is going to give him every opportunity to, to sink or swim, and I think he's going to have a, a monster year. The question with him is just staying healthy and staying out of foul trouble and staying on the floor. But I think he's going to average north of 20 points per game this season. I think he's going to average north of 40% from three. I think his rebound numbers were at five last year. I think he can get those up to about seven, and I think he's going to have a – monster year and he's going to be healthy and I think he's going to be MIP uh, and I think in order for this team to, to, to be what I think they are 45 wins to go 45 and 37 I think it's going to take that from Jared and I think that's what we're going to see yeah yeah man that's I, I have no issue I would love it if Jaron won won the MIP obviously um, Sean Coleman whenever I was on his show he asked me he said you know we were talking about things that we need to see improvement on from certain players. And Jaron was one of the guys that we discussed. And he said, what do you want to see from Jaron? 
and I said basically the same thing that you just said. I want to see him on the floor. Yeah. I want to see <laughs> yeah, him stay healthy <laughs> and I want him to stay out of foul trouble. And, and I think if he, if he's able to do those two things, the rest of it will come, man. He's got the skill set. You know, the, the, his ability to create his own shot, the way he handles the ball, his footwork, his ability to shoot the three. He has so many tools at his size that he could be absolutely incredible. You know, he, he could easily be the best player on this team yeah. if he yeah. puts it all together. Yeah. I've had, I've had a conversation with people. Hit. I know people, yeah, I know people talk about jaw and thing, but I think potential-wise, if he reaches his ceiling, just being at that size, and, and like you said, what yeah, he can man. do, put it on the floor, he can play inside, he can, he can take you outside, shoot threes, take you off the dribble. He potentially could be the best player on this team, and that's saying a lot because I think Ja is going to be possibly a top five player in this league uh, a couple years from now. And I, and I think Jared, if he 100% maximized, I think he could be better than Ja. And that's crazy to say that you could have two guys uh, on this team in a small market like this uh, that, that turn into – top five, top ten players in the league, and I, I definitely think he has that type of talent. It's a big if because, again, we yeah, haven't seen yeah. him stay healthy. We haven't seen him stay out of foul trouble, and that's a, those are two big things that we have to see and we haven't seen yet. But I'm, I'm going to bet on him, man, and I, I think he has a healthy season. And, again, I think one of the reasons they moved JB was to open things up for him. I think they want to give him all the opportunity to, to succeed, and, and I think he's going to take full advantage of that this year. So I think he's going to have a monster year. Yeah, and that's you know me saying that, and and I I think I'm speaking for both of us. If I'm not, you can correct me. But you know that's not a slide on Ja. Like we're not saying no, not at all. You know, no. like we we know what Ja has done already, and you know what the this we don't know what the ceiling, but you know the perceived ceiling for Ja is superstar. But j- j- size makes a difference, man. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, Ja is not seven foot tall, and that that's the difference. You look at what Kevin Durant is able to do at his size. Would Kevin Durant be as effective as he is if Kevin Durant was six foot three? The answer to that question is no. Like he would he still be a good basketball player? Yes, he would. But would he be? Yeah, and that's the the size and the length. You know, it makes it tough to guard when yeah, you have that much length, shot. man. Yeah. You know. You, you can have best defender in the world on you, and it doesn't matter. You can get to your spot and do what you want to do, and he's not going to block it because you can elevate above him because you have that length. And Ja has the bounce, but he doesn't have the length. Ja has a lot of tools, but he doesn't have that length, and that's not something that you can learn or get. You either have it or you don't. And so it, it's, um, it's going to be fun to watch. And, man, if both of these guys hit their perceived ceiling right now, it's going to be great to be a Grizzlies fan for sure. Real, yeah, man. And it's kind of off subject, but I kind of, kind of tied in what we, we were just saying. I mean, I heard an interview from Tony Allen one time and he was talking about guarding KD. And like you said, like, like we said, man, you, you're not going to block that shot. Tony Allen said, the only thing you can do uh, with KD is just try to make him work, make it hard for, for, for him to get to his spots. And because once he gets to, he said, if he gets to his spot, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. And that's, True. I mean, with that with that size and that length, when if, if he gets up to that jump shot, you're not going to do much to contest it. I mean, you're not going to bar him because yeah. he gets up so high on that shot, man. You can't can't block it, man. So he's tremendous. And looking at Jared, I mean, some of the skills he has, you just don't see guys at seven foot that can do some of the things that he does, man. Just got to stay healthy, stay on the floor. 
Yep. And, you know, go back and watch some of the bubble film on him, man. He was electric, oh, man. looked incredible before he, he got that injury in the bubble. It, it was, it was scary how good he was. So I'm, I'm hoping that we see that this year. And I promise you, I'll be che- cheering louder than anybody. If Jaron wins that. I remember that I'm game. Uh, it was a game. I can't remember. It was two years ago at, at the Nets. It was in Brooklyn. I think it went to double overtime where he hit like hit the three to tie it to take it to overtime. Then he hit another big shot in the first overtime to take it to double overtime. I mean, he when he's yeah. when he goes off, man. I mean, he you can see flash like he looks like he could be the best player in the league. There, there are moments where you see this craziness, man. If he could just put that together, man, think about the feeling that he has and with job, man. That's insane to think about that you could have two guys here in Memphis with, with that type of talent, man. But they just again, man, we just just got to put it all together, man. I, I'm confident that Jaw's going to reach his ceiling. I know the work ethic. He he hasn't shown a propensity to get injured. I, I think Jaw's going to reach that ceiling with Jaron. I think he can. It's just the being healthy, and that's just something that yeah. we haven't seen all three years of his career. Now, I think the first season that the thigh bruise thing. Like I've talked to some yeah, people, and I'm not going to really get into that. But <laughs> that I, I think, was that was yeah. leaning into the tank. That's all. <laughs> Definitely, that was. 100%, 100%, man, leaning into the into the tank. Tank, man. I, I actually talked to him, and and he said he was pretty good. So. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what that was, man. They just want to said they wanted to rest him, but we know what was going on there. But, yeah, man, just just got to stay healthy because they, they're giving him an opportunity. I mean, he's he's going to have an opportunity this season. I'm hoping that they go ahead and lock him up uh, prior to the season starts because you just don't want that to get tricky, man. But the guy with his scale level that size, man, there's going to be some people that's opening up the checkbook. So they got to pay for him either way. But I think if they wait, yeah. I think it's going to you know, cost more money. We saw that with Mike Unley uh, yeah. back in the day where they kind of wait to pay him and end up having to pay him. A lot more. He was not taking a discount at that point. Yeah, yeah, just pay him. I, I think right now that you could get him maybe under the hundred million mark, like you know, yeah, 90, I would say 95, 98, you know, maybe 90, 95, somewhere in that area. And, and I'm I'm comfortable with that. If he hits his ceiling, that's a freaking discount. Yeah, you know, one hundred percent. And so you know, if he doesn't, it, it's it's a loss. But you know, like the, there's a lot of things that he could do to earn that contract. And like you say, if they wait and you get into a bidding war, somebody is going to pay him. And so I have always said, if this is a guy that you know is going to be on your team, you need to go ahead and invest in him because other GMs see what these dudes are doing. They're, they're going to reach out. They're going to be like, Hey, they're, they're not willing to give you this, but we will, you know, we'll, we'll offer you this $120 million deal. And then you're at, you're out you know, matching that money and you just cost yourself an extra 25, 30 million dollars. Yeah, especially in a small space. market. Especially yeah, a small man. market. It's it's a risk. I know his injury history, but I, I think I'd will I would be willing to take that chance. I mean I'd go ahead and lock him up right now. because yep. uh, again, yeah, man, these is, big big market teams are gonna come calling if, if he has a big year, man, you're looking probably 120, 125 and that's that's a lot of dough, man, when you gotta pay when you gotta pay jaw coming up and you, mm-hmm. you're looking at how to have cap space to add other guys. That's a lot of money in a small market. It is, man. It's a ton. So we we got a little derail there, but it it was good conversation about the Grizzlies. Let's get back into these awards. Rookie of the year is the next one, and I can't did. I think I went first last time. So who you got? Rookie of the year, man. I, I got Jalen Green, man, uh, down in Houston. I think it, that team's just gonna be wide open for him, man. John Wall is saying that he he doesn't want to be there, so I don't, and they're saying that they're not gonna gonna play him if they can't move him for the season starts. As we'll see how that plays out, but. I just think there are going to be so many shots down there. I think he's going to have these big eye-popping numbers. I mean, I, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged 20-plus points a game uh, on that team because he's just going to have all the shots he wants. And I think when you look at that rookie of the year, people love to 
to look at those big numbers, and I, I think he's going to have them, and I think that's the reason why he wins rookie of the year. I mean, they're going to be terrible. They think he's not going to be any good at all, but I think he's going to pick up, put up big-time numbers and, and, and take a lot of shots down there in Houston. So I'm going with Jalen Green. Yeah, th- this is what's crazy to me. That's the the over under for that team. The Rockets is twenty seven and a half, and I don't think there's any way they no, get to twenty seven. They're, they're not getting to twenty seven. No, the, no know, way. This is this is a young young team. You know, John Wall is there, but like like Isaac just said, he's not playing. So then, yeah, if Wall was we, there, maybe. But if they if they don't have John Wall, that team team's not winning twenty seven games. Yeah, you know, you got Daniel Tice as your veteran. And, you know, he's been in professional basketball for a while, but he hadn't been in the NBA that long. And Daniel Daniel Tice is not a, an impact player as far as not a huge impact whenever it comes to win. He's a good NBA player, but he's not a guy that's going to elevate your win total from, you know, 27 to 40. Now, if all of these young guys get yeah, out there and they, they go crazy, you may see something, <laughs> something weird. But man, th- I just don't think that there's any way that the Rockets get to 27. And you know, barring a trade, we still don't know what what's happening with Ben Simmons. There's there's no telling if Ben Simmons goes down there that they're probably going to win over 27 games with Ben Simmons on that roster. But we'll, we'll see what happens. And and I hate you right now because Jalen <laughs> Green was my rookie of the year. But since we made that bet, we're not going to pick the same players. And so. I'm going to go with the number one overall pick. He is in a, a good situation for a rookie, a young rebuilding team that uh, that and he's going to have plenty of opportunity. He's going to have the ball in his hand, and that's Cade Cunningham. And I, I think that there is a very small chance that it's anybody outside of one of those two that wins rookie of the year. They're both in a situation where they're going to be probably the best player on the team. Um, you know, I, Cade, you can argue Jeremy Grant is probably the best player on that team right now. Um, but still, you know, not, not a lot of veteran guys. So young rebuilding team and I like Cade's skill set. So I'm okay taking him as a second option. If, uh, if Jalen green re- wins rookie of the year and that causes me to wear a Cowboys Jersey, I'll be mad, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is what it is. I'll take it, man. Yeah, man, I, I, you you know I love Cade, man. I was a big fan of Cade really early in the process. So, man, I, I think and, and like you said, I, I think there's a very very small chance that it that it comes from from anybody other than those two. I mean, you got Evan Mobley in Cleveland. I don't think he's going to have the type of season to win it. Scotty Barnes in Toronto, same thing. A lot of these guys, uh, Josh Giddy or J- Jalen Suggs, I don't think they're going to have the opportunities that they have on these teams because most of those teams they do have some other guys or either they're not guys that are going to put up put up big time numbers offensively and that's kind of like what the voters want to see those big high popping offensive numbers and i think out of all the rookies i think they're in a position where they're going to get a lot of shots up they're going to get a lot of opportunities so i think it's 100 percent going to come from one of those two yep completely agree man there can always be somebody else but yeah, I mean, you always know, it could be some guy that just comes out of nowhere, uh, like like we've seen times in the past. But I think I think it's well, I, if I had money, man, I'd easily bet. You could tell me like I could bet a million dollars versus five hundred dollars, man. I'd probably risk it because I, I I'm pretty sure, barring injury or anything like that, I think it's one hundred percent gonna come between one of those two guys. I just think the opportunity that they're gonna have on, on both of those teams is gonna be too immense not to. Yeah, I I, I just think it's a little. For anybody else that would be kind of in the running, you know, Evan Mobley, 
it's just Cleveland is a weird situation, man. Is he going to play the four and Jared Allen play the five? Yeah, is he going to play gonna the, be interesting. You know, is he going to start Jared Allen come off the bench? You just spent that money on Allen. I, I, so I'm not saying that I think that Evan Mobley is going to have a bad season, but he's just not a guy that I would pick in this situation because of the team situation. So it's, uh, going to be fun to watch with with these two guys i think we're going to see like you said Jalen green you know averaging 20 a game would not be surprising because there's going to be plenty of opportunity down there for him to shoot the ball and from watching film on him and watching what he done in the g league he's not afraid to shoot it no definitely definitely not afraid to shoot that's one thing that you'll never say about about one Jalen green <laughs> All right, so last last award, and then we will get out of here. Defensive player of the year, and it's my turn to go first. I'm taking Draymond Green for yeah. defensive player of the year. He finished third last season, but I, I think the, the Warriors realize that this window for them to actually be competitive is closing. Yeah, fast. and I, th- I think that they're, they're going to play – and they're going to play hard. They're going to try and win more games this season because they want to avoid the play-in. And so in order for that to happen, Draymond Green makes that happen. You're missing Clay Thompson. He's expected to be back middle to, to end of the season. You know, I think projections have him playing somewhere between 40 and 45 games. Um, but this team is at its best when Draymond Green is facilitating, and I know this award is, is defensive player of the year, and, I, and I'll get to that, but I think that he has to have a big year for the Warriors to get where they where they want to be, and that, that starts on the defensive end for him. You know, him forcing turnovers, you know, playing those passing lanes, playing up against bigger guys, doing the stuff that he needs to do to be disruptive on the defensive end leads to him being better on the offensive end. And so that, that's why I picked him for Defensive Player of the Year this year. Yeah, I mean, every, everything they do, I mean, it, it kind of starts with, with Draymond Green. I mean, he's kind of the linchpin that holds that whole thing together. And I, I think they're going to get a lot – they're going to be in a limelight because, I mean, people are just itching for that team to be back. I mean, we got fourth-fed Warriors last year when they weren't winning games, especially earlier in the season. Uh, so people are going to be really excited. The national media is going to be really excited for that team to, to be back once you get Clay back. I mean, they – pushing that team as a, as a championship contender. And I think they still have some of that in them. I mean, I think if Clay comes back healthy, I think they could be right back in the mix now. I don't think they're going to the finals, but I, mean, I think they're going to be really good. And again, in order for, like you said, in order for that to happen, it's, it starts with Draymond Green and his, his defense leads to his offense. And I think they're going to have a bounce back year. I think they're going to be pretty good. And again, I think, like I said, everything that they do pretty much starts with him. He kind of holds it to kind of glue that kind of holds all that together. So not mad with that pick at all. Um, I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert, man. Back-to-back will be the fourth time, fifth, fourth time in five years that he wins it. I think the Jazz are going to be really good again. Um, I, I think they're going to be right there in the mix. Actually, I think they're probably going to be my Western Conference Finals. I would have uh, Lakers and Utah um, in the finals. I think uh, I think Utah is going to be right there again. And he's just – we saw in that Grizzly series, I mean, he's just a monster back there. I mean, no matter what people talk about him, people – hate him, hate on him, say he can't score, do all this. But, I mean, he just absolutely wrecks your game plan. I mean, the Grizzlies couldn't do anything on side. I mean, forcing the Grizzlies to take threes, and they weren't knocking them down. He could just change the team's game plan because you just can't do anything in the paint. I mean, he 100% neutralized JV uh, mm-hmm. and just couldn't – Grizz couldn't get anything done. I just 
nobody else in the, in the league really like that. Uh, I mean, that that just kind of stops you from doing anything in the paint. When he's in the game, man, you're you're not getting much done on the inside. And I, I just think him being a big man at his size and, and Utah being really good, I think he's going to win the award back-to-back. Yeah, taking the layup. That's all right. Take the easy <laughs> way, man. I, I hope you can sleep good at night when you win this bet knowing <laughs> you took the layup. And I, and I do not like – I'm not a fan of his at all. I think he does a lot of weak stuff, I'll say. Uh, oh, we saw some, some some antics in that. Grizzly series, I just and I don't know why. Like, why are you doing that, man? You're super talented, man. Just like, just quit with all the antics, man. I I don't know. I'm not a big fan of his, but I but I do think he's gonna gonna go back to back with DPOY. Yeah, man. That he had one flop with Kyle oh, Anderson. Man. You know the uh, one he was like laying out of bounds and yeah, like all man. that stuff. And I'm like, man, what are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> look look how big you are, and that dude barely touched you. You act crazy, like come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not a fan of his, but again, man, I said it earlier in the show. I can respect talent, and uh, and I understand, you know, he's a guy that's done it multiple times, and I I definitely, or I highly doubt that last year was the last defensive player of the year that he'll ever win, just because of what he's able to do. You know, one of the best shot blockers in the league, plays the lanes well, he moves his feet, he does everything right as a big man on the defensive end. Yeah, man, it just rotates just perfect. It's crazy, man. He's just yeah. a, like a wall back there, man. You mm-hmm. just can't can't get anything done in the paint. But if we get out of here, man, I want to run through this, man. The Grizzlies announced their promotional schedule uh, earlier today, and I want to kind of run through this real quick uh, before we get out of here, man. Some good giveaways this year. Uh, opening night, October 20th, the Cleveland Cavaliers, man. And, and again, man, we hope with, with COVID and everything, everything's good, man. We don't know what the protocol is going to be, are they going to require vaccinations or uh, require anything that you, you think can get in the game? We don't know yet. Mass, we don't know what it's going to be, but it, man, it's coming up soon, so they got to make a decision. We've seen Bridgestone and Nashville mandate that you have to be uh, vaccinated to go to their, some of their events there. So I think and I think that kind of makes it easier for FedEx Forum because you already have a venue in the state that kind of, kind of already stood, stood out there and made a move like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that with the Grizzlies, but Opening night, man, October 20th against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Man, first 5,000 fans get a Grizzlies Bill Street blue T-shirt. You know, how crazy fans go over T-shirts. So, I mean, that should be a a, a good, fun giveaway. Uh, October 30th against the Miami Heat. Grizzle Ween, uh, as they're calling it. Uh, Grizz face mask to the first 10,000 fans in attendance. So, I don't know if they're talking about, like, face mask, like a Halloween face mask, or they're talking about masks like you wear for COVID uh, for, for, for protection. I'm not sure yeah. what they're talking about, but uh, well, they're, they're giving out 10,000 masks that night. Uh, November 1st against the Nuggets, uh, 21-22 Grizzlies Magnet schedule. That's always, always fun. I love to collect those over the years. Uh, November 3rd, back-to-back against Denver. Uh, hustle night, hustle schedule poster to the first 3,000 fans. Uh, November 12th against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Brandon Clark mini hoop to the first 5,000 fans, man. I, I Still, man, even... Even in my 30s now, man, I still enjoy a, a, a good mini hoop. Uh, put it up on the door, man. Get some get some shots up. Uh, That's right. But uh, November 26th against the Hawks, Jaron Jackson Jr. slides. Uh, so some for the first 3,000 fans, man. And, and when they give out stuff like that, I always wonder, like, what size are they? Like, I'm like a 13, 14, man. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be getting my feet in into yeah. any of those slides, but you got uh, a gift just, for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely got a gift for somebody, but that's, that is a cool, cool gift. And it's coming up and that's like late in November. So that's definitely a good idea. Um, let's see what else we got here. December 11th, uh, Houston Rockets. That's going to be a big night because that's uh, Zach Randolph's 
retirement night, and the first 5,000 fans in attendance will receive a commemorative uh, vinyl record, uh, which I assume is probably, I'm just taking a guess here, I have no idea, but it's probably going to be calls of some of his big plays, uh, possibly a TV or radio calls from, from Eric Castletime or either um, Pete Pranica and Brevin Knight. That's what I would assume it would be. Uh, but they're giving out a vinyl record on that night, so that's really cool uh, if that's what it is. But definitely go out and see Zach Randolph, man. It meant so much to this franchise. It's just crazy to think back on those core four guys, man, how much they meant to the city and brought the city together in that whole era, man. It was fantastic. Uh, but December 20th, Grizzlies wrapping paper, first 5,000 fans. They give that out every year, man. I definitely, we definitely take advantage of, of that here at the Simpson household. Uh, December 29th, we got a rally flag for the first 10,000 fans. That's against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, December 30th, San Antonio Spurs, Dylan Brooks sunglasses to the first 5,000 fans, man. You know our DB and those those hey, press conferences, man. How many? They better be white, said, man. Yeah, but he said how many? I can't remember how many pairs he said, but it was crazy, like. I think he said something like 200. He had 200 <laughs> different pairs of sunglasses. And I believe yeah. him because he has on a different pair every night. But you uh, see, January 11th, uh, Grizzlies tech suit hoodie to the first 3,000 fans against the Warriors. And it says hashtag Ja Cozy Season. So Ja Cozy Season. I'm not sure what a, uh, a tech hoodie is, a uh, tech suit hoodie, but uh, that's what they're giving out January 11th against uh, the Gold State Warriors. January 13th, Grizz Girls posted to the first 5,000 fans. Uh, January 14th against the Dallas Mavericks. First 5,000 fans get a Grizz sleep mask. Uh, so that's a pretty cool giveaway. Uh, what else we got here? Martin Luther King game, of course. Uh, January 26th against Utah Jazz. That's Tony Allen uh, retirement night. And they're also giving out a vinyl record to the first 5,000 fans. Uh, and January 29th against the Washington Wizards. Grizzlies tech suit pants. So uh, you get the top and the pants. I'm not, not sure again. I don't know what a, what a tech suit is. I'm about to look that up. Uh, but that's what they're giving out then. Uh, Fanny Pack, March 5th against the Magic. First 5,000 fans. What else we got here? Uh, March 23rd versus Brooklyn Nets. Adoptable pet night. First 5,000 fans receive a pet lease. So to, to all you dog owners out there, man, that should be a pretty cool giveaway. Uh, April 1st against the Phoenix Suns. Pop it stress reliever to the first 5,000 fans. Like Sometimes you might need that during the game, man. The Grizzlies have a tendency <laughs> to... Uh, Get, 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 be be stressful there in the in the fourth quarter, man. So you might need that thing to release some stress during that game. So you might be able to put that to good use because they're not a team that that usually takes care of things early, man. They usually they, they have a lot of games where they have a tendency to raise your blood pressure there late in the game. But especially against Phoenix Suns, man. But that should be a good should be a good game. April 9th, um, against New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the tennis first fans, all fans in attendance will receive a, a fan art poster. And April 10th against the Boston Celtics. Again, all fans receive a fan art poster. So some pretty cool giveaways, man. No bobbleheads, anything this year, but some cool stuff on there, man. I think the, the slides, again, for people that can fit them, I think that's a pretty good giveaway. I mean, you got the, the face mask. I'm not sure what the tech suit stuff is, but I think the coolest to me, if it is what I think it is, is the vinyl records, man. I think for, for Tony Allen and Zach Randolph, I think that's going to be be really cool. First 5,000 fans uh, in attendance, get them. So get there early, man. Those are going to be two two really special nights. Yeah, yeah, those uh, those vinyl records will be nice, like just collectible pieces. I think, man. Sure. You know, if you could, if you could somehow manage to get uh, Zebo or TA to sign it, get both of them to sign, that that would be be incredible. But yeah, a lot of good giveaways. October third, that's Sunday. October third is the open practice at the FedEx Forum. If yeah. you were unaware, that's at one thirty. 
Sunday, October third. Yeah, see the new guy, Stephen Adams, man, gonna be out there, man. Yeah. That should be should be really fun, man. Uh, so so get out there and and see the new Grizzlies, new look Grizzlies. It's I think it's gonna be a fun year uh, again, man. It's, it's gonna be different, but I, I personally think that they could end up being better than they were last year. I just that's how much I believe in the year that Jared Jackson Jr. is gonna have. Yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, I don't know. Like I said, I I'm not as confident as you are in that, but it, it's gonna be. Good to see. I think that this year is going to be very telling of what the Grizzlies, they will know what their weaknesses are moving into the draft next year. And I saw, um, man, I just lost his name. I was going to say real quick, and I think it, I think this could be a year where there's a possibility that they, they make a big move during the season at the at the deadline. Because, again, and we've talked yeah. about this so much on here, they're, they're, they're gearing up for something. I mean, they're collecting assets. They're going to be ready when, when somebody – I have people ask me all the time, like, what are they doing? Why are they getting all these picks? What are they going to do with all these second-round picks? I mean, those are ammo. I mean, if you see the trades that are made around the league, I mean, Grizzlies, that's how you make big trades without tearing your team apart. I mean, mm-hmm. the Grizzlies have three first-round picks coming up in this draft. I don't think there's any way they execute all those picks for themselves. I think we're going to see some of those picks move, and they, they have some ammo now to go out and make a decent-sized move if they decide to, and I think there's a possibility – depending on how things are going with the season that that could come at a deadline. Yeah. Parker Fleming is the name that I was, he has a, a podcast called the long view long view. Yeah. And he, he's doing a mailbag episode and, and somebody asked him, do, does he think that the Grizzlies are stocking up these assets to move up in the, in next year's draft to target a certain player? And uh, Parker didn't address it on Twitter, but I, I'm sure he will on his, uh, on his next episode, but that's something to, to keep in mind. For sure. You know, it's, it's a young nucleus. Do you have to absolutely go out and get a, a star that, that, you know, like somebody that has proven himself in the league? And the answer to that question is not necessarily, you know, the, the, the thunder built that team with Durant, Harden and Westbrook through the draft. You know, that, that was not, they didn't, go out and, and, and trade for those guys. So it, you could very well see the Grizzlies package those picks to move up for a team that's, you know, rebuilding. And they're like, okay, we need to have more shots in our gun rather than just one at the top of the draft. It so, also helps you, know, you financially uh, being a small market team that's you, cause you, you bring in a, uh, make a big time trade. You're probably bringing in somebody that's on a pretty healthy contract. If you can move up and, and get, and get a young guy that's going to come in and be a really good player immediately, um, and you don't, that guy's going to be on a rookie contract. And while you're paying John and, and, and potentially Jaron, you don't have to be paying that. You don't have to pay that guy a lot of money at that point. I mean, it comes to head eventually. And we saw that in Oklahoma City uh, with, yeah. with the three headed marshal that they had there. They had to end up getting rid of them, moving on from James Harden. But again, man, you could, who, who knows what happens in that period? I mean, you may win a championship during that time. And if that, you can do that in a small market, that's fantastic because that's not something that happens every day. Yeah. Yep. For sure. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. You can get me on Twitter at DL2111. You can get the show at Hootball Grizz. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes through the podcast app, if you could go into your library, find our show, scroll all the way down to the bottom, leave us a five-star review if you like it. That helps us out. It helps new people find us. If you're listening and you're not subscribed, that helps us out as well. We, we appreciate the love. Appreciate you guys listening. And Isaac, I will let you get us out of here, man. Yeah, man. Just just want to let everybody know we're back, man. We saw our coverage at the end of last year and into the draft, man. Just 
extensive coverage, man, and things about to about to get kicked off, man. And we're gonna be back right here at Hoop Ball, man. So make sure you keep it locked right there at Hoop Ball Grizz, uh, at Dwell two one one one, and at Isaac underscore Rivals, man. We're gonna have you covered uh, with the Grizzlies, man, and, and I'm excited. But uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in today, and uh, until next time, there we go. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.